The baseball postseason is here. Everyone's scared of China, and Ellen can sit with whoever she wants. Let's talk about it as a brand new air attack starts right now. You know, every time I take a week off, it's like the world loses its mind, and I come back, and there's like a million things to talk about. It's it's unbelievable, and we are in the baseball postseason. Now it looks like the Cardinals are going to get past the Braves with a ton-run first inning in a Game 5. So you have them in a Game 5. The Nats and Dodgers are in a Game 5. Um, a Game 5 between between Houston and Tampa. The wild card games, I thought it was kind of interesting. You had Tampa against Oakland. Uh, Tampa basically has home run derby out there. And you had the battle of basically the two worst ballparks in America. Tampa Wink gets the better of that one. And it's pretty hysterical watching them try to dress up that pile of garbage in St. Petersburg for the playoffs. Or they hand out some yellow hankies. It's like everyone's going to forget what a dump they're in. And then the the Nats. And I just texted my buddy. I said, is there anything more October than the Nats going one and done? And next thing you know, they have this crazy comeback in the bottom of the eighth. They somehow shake off the ghost of Bryce Harper and they get past Milwaukee. And Milwaukee's still standing there like, what's going on here? But that's how it is. One and done. That's why you don't want to be in the wild card. So we are in full swing here. The Yankees will be in the ALCS against either Houston or Tampa. And away we go. We'll get to all the NFL and college football stuff later, including the off-field drama, uh, the stuff in California as well. First, though, I want to talk about Robert De Niro. My God. I mean, in a, in a day and age, he's, listen, he's not the only guy we're calling out this week, but here's a guy who was like America's woke grandpa for the last three years, trying to tell everyone what a bad guy the president is. Going on SNL, playing Robert Mueller, which is a direct, I guarantee you, a direct result of the fact that he's been engaging in Trump bashing all this time. Now, SNL is not going to have him on to play Mueller anytime soon because that story's pretty much dead, right? So he's not getting a lot of work. He wants to be part of the A-list, the A-list community again in Hollywood going on CNN, yada, yada, yada. The president's a bully. Well, it turns out now he's getting sued by his former assistant, okay, for harassment. Now, normally, I would say if, if a guy fires somebody and she comes back and sues for sexual harassment, we need to hear both sides of the story. The problem is we already heard De Niro's side of the story because he was dumb enough to leave voicemails on her phone. Okay, what are you, out of your fucking mind, dude? Come on. So once again, how many times do we see it? Okay, the person who's bashing someone else, the person who's looking for dirt on somebody else, the person who's constantly bad-mouthing, it just it, making accusations, whatever, ends up being just as guilty of the very thing they're talking about every single time. They always end up being backstabbers. They always end up being bullshitters. They always end up having their own problems. And a lot of times, and here's how you know they're really crazy, they'll accuse you of doing something that they're doing. We all, we all know people like that. I'm not going to get into... Me, personally, I'm not going to get into all that, okay? But you've either dated someone like that, you've dated somebody with a friend like that, you've got someone in your family, you've got someone at work like that. Everyone knows someone like that. The biggest accusers, how often do we see it? They're always the biggest offenders. And Robert De Niro, hey, if he doesn't leave a voicemail on the girl's phone, I'm saying, wait a second, she's just jilted. You know, she's just upset. She's disgruntled. He got rid of her. He said she was lazy. Maybe she was. But apparently, she was making, he was making her do everything from buttonous ties to give him back rubs, to letting his, his buddies grab her on the ass. Now, wait a second. Is this your personal assistant? Are you living, are you actually trying to relive Goodfellas? What are you doing here, man? If anybody, like, remotely Trump-related had done something like that, like, if one of Trump's cousins had done that, he'd be screaming and yelling about it constantly. But if you're going to do stuff like this, you're going to treat someone like shit, don't leave him a voicemail calling her a, a, a spoiled fucking brat. So either this girl did a really good job of replicating his voice, or Robert De Niro is not that bright. Now, that being said, I'll still watch The Irishman. 
Okay, he makes a movie with Pacino and Scorsese. I'm still going to go watch it. And apparently they use some sort of technology that makes all of these guys look younger, which begs the question, why don't you just make the movie a long time ago? It's about, I think the whole thing is about Jimmy Hoffa. It's not like that's a new story. So I will see The Irishman. I'm not, you know, I don't pick and choose when it comes to stuff like that. If you're a good actor, I'll still watch your work. I don't, I don't take it that far. But man, what a jerk off. By the way, here's a warning if you're going to see The Irishman, because you will have an opportunity to see it briefly in theaters. If you're going to see it in the theater, apparently, now maybe I got some bad information, but I was told last week that it's a very long movie, like three plus hours. So it's also going to be available on Netflix. So if you have Netflix, you're probably better off just watching it at home. You know, three plus hours, you're talking about, you know, you can get a bathroom break in there, you know, snack breaks, whatever you want, make dinner in between. But three, three hours, three and a half hours in a movie theater in 2019, that's a tough one. That's a very, very tough sell. Um, so let's talk about the NCAA stuff, first of all, in, uh, in California where now the, the student-athletes will be able to make money based on their image, their likeness, and their name. Um, a move that a lot of these schools don't like, a lot of the coaches don't like, and the NCAA absolutely hates. You know what? Too bad. Because the NCAA brought it upon themselves. You got a good thing going, and you just have to get more and more greedy as time goes on. And eventually, you know, it comes back to you, where you're suspending kids for, you know, taking a job. You're suspending kids for, you know, getting invited to dinner. And next thing you know, they have a stake. And next thing you know, they're, 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 they're suspended for five games. Whatever you want to call it, the NCAA tries to act like they're so holier than thou when really they're just about money. And we all know that. Now, the bottom line is the NCAA wants all the money and all the control over these kids. They don't want the kids getting a big head. They don't want the kids unionizing. I get all that. And I'm going to say something else, too. The people who wrote this bill, there's a lot of blithering, you know, just sort of blowhard politicians acting like they're saving the world here. Hey, listen, the kids get something out of going to school. The idea that these kids are abused as college athletes is kind of ridiculous. Like, if you've ever seen the locker room for the football team at the University of Oregon, okay, it's nicer than most country clubs in America. I'm not kidding. It's unbelievable. These kids get a lot of exposure. They get TV time. They obviously become celebrities on campus. There's a lot of upside to it. And in the case of, look, in the case of the guys who are going pro, you get to, you get to hone your skills. You get to market yourself a little bit. I get all that. Okay, so the people saying that you know, the kids get nothing out of going to school and the, the, the universities are raking in all this money, now those people are misleading you. They're, they're lying to you or they just don't know what they're talking about. But again, the NCAA brought it upon themselves. I'm not a huge fan of California and their politics and high taxes and stuff like that. That's not for me. But and if it's for you, that's great. If you live in California, good for you. No, no hard feelings. I don't, I don't care. That's, that's your choice. And, and God bless you. You get the good weather, except for the earthquakes. That's cool. But um, they also did this with Uber and Lyft drivers where they said enough's enough. And it's another situation where here's a good thing that Uber has and Lyft and people can make money and it's a great thing. Now you've gotten to the point where at Yankee Stadium, they're making fun of a Twins pitcher because he drove Uber early this spring. And I think it's great. I think it's great that Uber has become such a laughing stock that people make fun of the people that have that job because it's terrible. It's absolutely awful. So California, and they're not the first place to do it. New York City pretty much was. But California now has said, listen, we're going to make those people employees. And that goes for everyone who works on DoorDash and and. Uh, Uber Eats, uh, Postmates, all that shit, because these companies kept pushing and pushing and pushing and, and driving these workers into the ground. They couldn't make any money, and they just said, hey, the hell with it. We'll, we'll replace you. Now, the college athletes in California are not getting treated nearly that badly, okay? And they are, after all, college athletes. They're not people trying to support a family. But it's kind of a similar situation in the same state. You have the NCAA just taking things way too far okay, and, and, and basically becoming way too big and not passing any of it along to the kids. 
And we all know that's true. We all know for a fact that's true. Now, what's, what's going to happen next? You'll probably have other states that follow suit. And if other states don't follow suit, it's going to be kind of weird when it comes to recruiting if you have like 20 states in our country where the kids can make money off their likeness and 30 other ones where they can't. But let's, let's, let's not get it twisted here. Uh, let, let's talk about like Big Ten country. You don't think the states of Pennsylvania, Ohio, and Michigan are already talking about this kind of stuff? Indiana? You got to be kidding. There's no way they're not talking about stuff like that because they don't want to take a back seat in recruiting. So the Pac-12 spoke out about it, and it's, it's, it's like anything else. It's just it's political nonsense. They put a spin on everything. They didn't get their way, so they're going to act like everyone's, everyone now is going to suffer. That's not what's going to happen. The kids are going to get a little bit of money, and you know what? That's not really a bad thing. It really isn't. So um, you also had Kansas with a kind of an interesting scenario. Now, Kansas was part of this big Adidas situation, right, this big investigation that lasted the last couple of years. So for their Midnight Madness, what do they do? They bring in Snoop Dogg, dressed head to toe in Adidas. Okay, then they've got girls dancing on poles, okay, which apparently was a little bit of a, a tip of the cap to the Georgia Tech suspensions that were just handed down, or just Georgia Tech probation, rather, that was just uh, handed down. They've got Snoop Dogg shooting out, <laughs> or his dancer shooting out a money gun. I mean, and then profanity left and right. When you're talking about a public institution, this is, I mean, whose idea was this? Who thought that was a good idea? And Bill Self apparently walked in, saw this, and said, you know what, I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm getting the fuck out of here. No, thank you. Like, he just stepped up upon a crime scene. He's like, nope, not going to be part of it. Somehow there's a disconnect there at, at, at Kansas. Um, you would think they would know better. You would think they would be extra careful. You would think they'd be a lot more wholesome. What do I know? What do I know? But they basically are making a mockery out of the NCAA. NCAA has had a, a rough couple weeks. It's going to be interesting to see how this all unfolds from a recruiting standpoint and, you know, how much money these kids are able to make. And, and if some of these college coaches thought these kids were difficult to deal with now, where do they actually start making some money? Boy, going to be fascinating. I'm, I am for it. Just, just for the record, I am absolutely for this. Um, but it's going to change the dynamic of, of coaching and, and the whole way it works. It's going to be really interesting to watch the next five years. Uh, NBA stuff. We know that Daryl Morey, the uh, GM of the Rockets now, everyone knows this, tweeted his support for what's going on um, with the protesters uh, over in China. Wants Hong Kong to be free and all that kind of stuff. And basically, you know, with China, you're dealing with a different kind of a country, basically a communist country where a lot of, I'm not going to get into it, a lot of bad stuff goes on. We know it. Okay, the U.S. is trying to deal with some of that right now. And, you know, the NBA, unfortunately, has a relationship with China. So immediately the guy is forced to, you know, delete his tweet, which I get. You know, it's a business partner of the NBA. Here you are sticking your nose in. But the guy shouldn't be in jeopardy of losing his job. Okay, and there were, there were rumors to that effect. The ownership from the Rockets comes forward, says, listen, the guy's job is not in jeopardy. Here we go. Then they ask Steve Kerr. Now, Steve Kerr, okay, much like De Niro and a lot of these guys, wants to be, wants to be a very prominent figure, okay, within, the, within, within woke America. Let's face it. He's so woke. He's got something to say about everything, at least everything that's trendy, everything that's cool that particular day, whatever cause du jour, okay? So now when there's a travel ban, it's, well, listen, this is discriminatory against Muslims. We can't have this, and yada, 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 yada. Well, in China, why don't you go ahead and look up what they do to Muslims there? Go take a look. I'm not going to tell you. You go look it up. Okay? It's not good. They don't, they don't, they don't, they don't restrict travel from certain countries. They let the people that are in there are basically ending up in, in really bad places. Okay? And so on and so on and so forth. So when Steve Kerr is actually asked about the NBA's relationship with China and what he thinks about it, he comes up with the old, I'm not really sure what to say. I don't know what's going on. I'm still educating myself. Let me explain something to you. Okay? Very clearly. There is no possible way Steve Kerr does not know exactly what's going on in China right now. And I'll make it very simple for you. It's because I know what's going on in China right now, and I don't even make half an effort to look this shit up. You just, I mean, you cannot really, you really can't go online in 2019 and not know what's going on in China. These protests have been going on now for months. 
and becoming very, I mean, they're becoming violent. They're basically turning into riots. But I mean, to, at certain points, they've had to close the airports in Hong Kong because people can't get there. I mean, it's not like people don't know what's going on, but because the NBA has a relationship there, Steve Kerr decides, well, I'm going to toe the company line here and not say anything bad about China. You know what? Uh, that's fine. Just keep your mouth shut across the board because you've had something to say politically now, okay, for the last year and a half, two years, every given opportunity that you've seen. Every single time you've got a chance to bash the president or st- uh, put your two cents in there or back up what Greg Popovich or LeBron has to say, you're right there. Okay, and this is no, this is no different. And you know, it's funny, when... When the whole Kaepernick situation was being dragged and dragged and dragged out by Jamel Hill and her co-host on ESPN, I said, well, wait a second. You know, she's taken it so far as to, as to rip the NFL. Then she was suggesting people boycott the Dolphins and the Cowboys. And when she did that, I said, okay, mark my words, this is the beginning of the end. And I was right. She was gone very, very quickly. Okay, very, very shortly thereafter, they decided, okay, we're parting ways. That was it. In this particular case, the weird thing is that the NBA is partnering with a country. And I know there's a lot of people in China, so there's a lot of money in China. Of course, a lot of people watch the NBA Finals in China. There's more people in China than anywhere else. It's over a billion people there. So when you have 15% of the world's population in one place, yeah, you're going to be able to make some money there because there's going to be eyeballs there. And those eyeballs are going to buy jerseys. And they're going to show up to the exhibitions and whatnot, which may not even take place, what we're hearing right now. They may not even take place over the next couple days. That's how much of a disaster this is. But maybe that's why you don't get involved with a country like China, David Stern. And, and, and currently, Adam Silver, who has backpedaled a million times back and forth on this thing and tripped all over himself. Another guy who's so woke and who's so concerned about social issues. Do me a favor. Zip it. Zip it. It's nothing but a money grab. It's nothing but window dressing. It's nothing but marketing. Okay? Talk about a communist country. You know, you know what they're doing to protesters over there? And I've said a million times, when it comes to protesters, once you start blocking traffic and getting violent, then I start losing interest. Okay? Okay, but over over there, what they're doing is they're taking protesters and especially they're targeting apparently attractive females. They're torturing them and they're dumping them in the water. So protesters are are, are winding up. A, a lot of times they're female too, floating in the water in China. They're pulling bodies out left and right, and they're all dressed in all black. That's just that's just what's going on. But Steve Kerr's got no idea what's happening. I don't know, man. I'm still reading up. He actually actually had the balls to say he asked his brother-in-law to email him some information because he's a Chinese study professor. Yeah, I mean, you got to be kidding me with this shit. What a bunch of bullshitters the NBA are. Oh, my God. So that's why I say a lot of times these, you know, the, these causes are simply just grandstanding. They're simply self-promotion. They're simply marketing. And the NBA has just proven that to it. I mean, just could not have proven that any more clearly over the last, like, three, four days. From their commissioner to their teams, okay? I mean, to, to their coaches, what a joke. What an absolute joke. I tell you, you don't want to deal with this kind of stuff? Don't deal with China. Might cost you some money, but it would save you a lot of a headache. But spare me this nonsense. Steve Kerr has no idea what's going on there. Give me, this is why I say a lot of this political stuff, it's for, it's for stupid people. It really is. It's for dummies. You think anyone actually believes? Like, Steve Kerr doesn't even think anyone believes that he doesn't know what's going on in China right now. Give me a break. It's like, remember Trump with the grabber by the pussy comment? Remember that? And he says, look, it's locker room talk. I shouldn't have said it. It's locker room talk, yada, yada, yada. Okay. And they, so you know what happened next? They, of course, had to ask LeBron what he thought about it. Hey, LeBron, um, have you ever heard anyone in a locker room use uh, language like that? And here comes LeBron with the liar face. No, man. No, not me. No, not in any locker room I ever been in. What are you fucking kidding me? You think anyone believes that? You think anybody with a brain believes that? They never heard someone use bad language about women in a locker room ever once. Okay. 
An NBA player, no less. Okay, gotcha. Because <laughs> the, NBA, the NBA players have such a good track record when it comes to females. Give me a fucking break, people. And it's not just the NBA, by the way. Just to be fair about it, I mean, look at it. The Olympics, we've had Olympics recently, not that long ago, right, in China and in Russia. The World Cup in Russia. The World Cup's going to Qatar. So you could, you could make a case, I mean, in, in Qatar, or is it Qatar? I don't know, I say Qatar, so whatever. No one cares. Um, in Qatar, you're talking about, uh, you know, dozens and dozens. Of, I think it was actually hundreds and hundreds of people. They're not even sure how many, because a lot of them were migrants from other countries who were basically broke and didn't, you know, there wasn't really much of a, of a footprint for these people. But a bunch of people were dying over there when they were constructing the stadiums for the World Cup because they had them working in these horrible conditions. But that's okay. The show will still go on. The World Cup's not going to not happen. And you don't want to deal with this kind of stuff? They don't have it in countries like that where they treat people like garbage. You know, whatever the situation is, whether it's a communist country, whether it's a place where they make people work in oppressive heat, whether they, they have policies that are completely, uh, you know, damaging to women or any kind of minority any, you know, based on their sexual orientation, whatever it is. If you've got an issue there, then maybe these, these entities, these leagues and these, these worldwide governing bodies like the IOC and like FIFA should stay away from these countries. But you know what? They're not going to because of money. Maybe that'll change. I don't know. But this whole thing with the NBA is a joke. And now they're talking about not even playing these games over there. Now, can you imagine this? You schlepped the Lakers and the Nets over there to play exhibition games. You schlepped them all the way. They are exhibition games, right? I don't, I don't think they actually count for the season. But you schlepped them to the other side of the world, and now you might not even have them? you got to be fucking kidding me. Give me a break. And I could take a shot at the NFL for, for getting involved in Mexico. I mean, Mexico is not some, some well-run country. Mexico is, is brimming with poverty and corruption. It's incredibly dangerous. But the NFL's got to get their game in there, don't they? And just to reveal what a complete and utter farce it is that they're playing there to begin with, last year they weren't even able to get the game in. Remember that with the Rams and the Chiefs? And you didn't find that out until like a week before. And that was another disaster. Everyone's now scrambling to find a contingency plan. I mean, it's just a joke. I know you want an international presence, but I mean, at what cost, people? Give me a break. College football. First of all, there's a story out of Penn State for this week. Now, I went to Penn State. Okay, but in this case, there's a letter written by a fan. I'll, I'll just tell the story. A letter is written by the fan to one of the defensive backs, I believe, on the team. And basically what he says is that he doesn't like the kid's hair. The guy is clearly an older guy. It turns out he went to, went to school at Penn State in the 60s. And he says, you know, my wife and I are big fans. And he's very complimentary about the kid, except for the fact he doesn't like his hair. The, kid has, the kid's black and the kid has dreadlocks. Now, you're allowed to not like dreadlocks, okay? I personally think it's a good look on the right guy, but that's just me, okay? But they don't like the dreads. I get it. They're older people, yada, yada, yada. And they basically, basically he says, hey, listen, don't you have a mother or a girlfriend that tells you that doesn't look good? In other words, isn't there like a responsible woman around here saying you shouldn't leave the house like that? From, the, from, the, from my perspective, that's just not something you say. And I don't know why you'd write a letter to a kid asking him to cut his hair. I mean, you're supposedly a big fan of the school, okay? Now the guy's telling you, well, listen, I don't like your hair. And I think he called it awful. And I believe he used the word disgusting. I can understand where the kid has a problem with that obviously. Okay, that's not hard to figure out. But the kid decides to take a picture of the letter and then post it online with the guy's name. That is not okay. That part is absolutely not okay because now you're, you, know how, you know how the internet works. Here's a guy who went to your school who supports your team. Okay, and this is how you're acting. And of course, the teammates all pick it up and it's, well, this is bigger than football. This has to be talked about. No, it actually doesn't. Okay, you are, first of all, you're not LeBron. Stop trying to be LeBron. Okay, not everything is a huge political thing, okay? You, not, you don't have to just leap at every opportunity to be the next Kaepernick. It's not a big deal. 
Okay, you got one knucklehead out of how many hundreds of thousands or even millions of Penn State fans that doesn't like your dreadlocks. And you know what? Other people don't like your dreadlocks, too. I'm sure they don't. But to make it a bowl about a racial thing, and this is, how is this not racist? You know what? Do me a favor. Uh, you got a game this week in Iowa City. Focus on that. Because Iowa's going to be ready for that. And I tell you what, these kids better not go in there and get their doors blown off them. And they're favored in the game. And they should win the game. Penn State, I think, is, the, is by far a superior team to Iowa. And I'm not, again, I'm not trying to be biased. They just are. Iowa should not be able to keep up with Penn State at all this week. I mean, at all. But they go in there unfocused. That place, prime time, they're, they'll, they're, they'll be up against it in a minute. Okay? They will be up against it immediately. Okay? Just like, just like the Cardinals today. Cardinals are out 11-0 against the Braves. Okay? Penn State comes in there worrying about some guy's thoughts on their, on their hairstyles. Okay, that's that's going to be them only on a football level on Saturday night. Primetime ABC. They better come in there packing more than a bad attitude. I know the guy said something goofy. I mean, do I do I think the guy first of all, the fact the guy took the time to write the letter and think that some college kid's going to give two shits and be like, oh, I better cut these dreadlocks. I mean, give me a fucking break. It's stupid. Okay, but of course, now you give Jamel Hill ammunition and every other dope that wants to talk about everything except the game. See, Jamel Hill loves talking about this nonsense because she doesn't then she doesn't have to talk about the actual sport. Okay, not that she gets to do that anyway. Now she writes for the Atlantic. She doesn't work for ESPN. But so many of these so-called experts, they love making it about social stuff because they really can't break down the teams or the games. And they're actually incredibly lazy. And now you give her something to talk about. So do I think it's the biggest thing in the world? No, I don't think it's, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think the guy's a knucklehead for writing the letter. I think the kid is, is totally within his rights to have a problem with it and say something. But don't put the guy's name there. I know the guy signed his name to a letter, but he signed, a, he, signed, he signed his name to a letter, okay, to you. Not to the internet, to you. Now, the, the Penn State football team is making a little bit bigger deal out of this than they have to. Focus on the game this week. You want to rip the guy after the game against Iowa, knock yourself out. But focus on that game. It's going to be a tough one. Okay, other college football stuff from last week. UCF loses for the second time of the year. I'll tell you right now, Josh Heifel, not a good coach. Not to completely mismanage this game. Had a quarterback who was clearly hurt at the end of the first half. Refused to put in Wimbush, who was the transfer from Notre Dame. Or the other kid, Mack, who was very, very good. Um, backing up Mackenzie Milton last year after Mackenzie Milton almost lost his leg. Um, just, just, you know, sometimes these coaches come in with so much hype. And if you look at what Scott Frost is now doing, coming from UCF, going to Nebraska, they're not exactly getting it done over there either. UCF, I, I tell you what, they seem to be on the downside, downside of their, uh, their hype cycle. I'm serious. Kind of reminds you of Boise State. Boise State was this like big time darling from the you know, the non Power Five conferences for a while. Now they're just sort of a whole hum team out there in the Mountain West. UCF ha- really has that look right now. Um, nothing else crazy last week. Ohio State was never going to have a problem with Michigan State. Florida, I guess, was an upset against Auburn. To me, Auburn should not have been favored in the game. Um, 24-13. Auburn, you know, they really haven't. You know, the week one win against Oregon. That was week one though. The win at Texas A&M looks less and less impressive each week. Um, this week now, you do have something interesting with the, um, the Red River uh, shootout between, um, is that what they're calling it now? It's a shootout. They changed it, right? So the Red River rivalry because they didn't like shootout because of the gun implications. So Oklahoma, Texas, that's noon. That's uh, noon on Fox on Saturday. I've learned to stop betting that game. I never get it right. Um, what, one thing I'll tell you this, Tom Herman will try to slow that game down. Tom Herman will absolutely try to run the ball and slow the game down. Now, if he can't stop Oklahoma's offense, it's not going to matter. But he will try to drain the clock, and the total is 76 and a half. If I had to do anything there, I'd go under. I'm not saying I'm going to, but I, I tell you what, he will, because I'll tell you how I know this. It's exactly what he tried to do against Oklahoma State. If he did it against Oklahoma State, you better bet your ass he's going to try to do it against Lincoln Riley and Jalen Hurts and company. You got pro on top of pro with the skill positions for Oklahoma. 
They are a big-time team. And then, of course, the primetime game that I mentioned with, um, with Penn State and Iowa. That should be a good game. I would think Penn State would handle them. You also get USC Notre Dame in primetime. Okay, and then you get LSU Florida primetime this Saturday. You've got yourself a nice college football Saturday to look forward to. You really, really do. And 13 and a half points is probably too many for LSU to be given Florida, but I really don't trust Florida's quarterback, especially at Death Valley, 8 o'clock at night. That, he could be up against it there. LSU is, is on something special here this year. They really, really are. And how about Florida having to go Auburn, LSU back-to-back? Oof, tough one. Very, very tough one. Um, NFL stuff. Uh, Jay Gruden gets fired. Now, here's my question. Jay Gruden gets fired. What were the Redskins thinking, giving him one more game against the Patriots? What were they going to do there? The guy was a 17-point underdog at home to New England. They thought, let's just see if he beats the Patriots, and then, 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 we'll, then we'll decide if we let him go or not. you got to be kidding me, right? you got to be. And someone said, well, no, what about the, uh, the picture with him and you know, the joint and the young girls? That was already out. That was out well before the Patriots game. I mean, he was probably going anyway, and yeah, that probably sealed his fate, but why let him get embarrassed by the Patriots? And they actually took a 7-0 lead in that game. I mean, it was actually kind of close at halftime, and then Bill Belichick probably threatened everyone's life, and next thing you know, it was, I think it was three touchdowns on three drives in the second half, and there you go. And the Patriots run away with it. But nobody thought, I mean, with Colt McCoy, no less. Colt McCoy. Redskins are a train wreck. I know he tried getting Dwayne Haskins in there against the Giants a couple weeks ago. I watched a lot of that game. Dwayne Haskins, Daniel Jones was bad in that game. Dwayne Haskins was worse. I mean, Dwayne Haskins was absolutely hideous. And against the Giants secondary, the Giants defense is not as bad as people think, but the secondary is. But Dwayne Haskins looked like he was lost to the point where if Case Keenum is healthy this week, he'll start. So Dwayne, Dwayne Haskins right now is your number three quarterback in Washington. Jake Rudin had no chance this year. However, if you're going to go out and smoke weed and hang out with girls half your age, maybe don't do it in front of a bunch of running cell phone cameras. Just, just, I'm just a thought. <laughs> just a thought for all of you aspiring NFL coaches out there. Um, then you had the story with Ellen. Going to the Cowboys game. Now, here's the story with Ellen. She gets invited to the Cowboys game by Charlotte Jones, daughter, obviously, of Jerry Jones. So she goes. And now she's a Packers fan because she's buddies with Aaron Rodgers. So she goes, and Ellen's, Ellen's obviously got a wife. Uh, you know, we've known she's been gay for 20 years. She goes, and she sits down, and she's sitting next to George W. Bush. Now, of course, the political douchebags of the country have a huge problem with this because, OMG, George Bush is the worst guy ever. And Ellen says, wait a second, we disagree. We disagree about some stuff. So what? I'm friends with a lot of people I disagree with, and I'm not going to you know, just ignore those people. And people came back with, this is an oldie but goodie. If you remember back in the late 90s when he was running and the early 2000s, yeah, well, George Bush is a war criminal. I forgot about that. Just, just in case you thought all of the political lunacy of today was something new. It's not. I'd forgotten about that. George Bush is a war criminal. Gotcha. So what Ellen's supposed to do, here's what Ellen's supposed to do. Ellen's supposed to go to the Cowboys game. She's supposed to get to the owner's suite, which we know is going to be like a small palace, right? It's going to, it's going to be the owner's suite at, at that stadium with that owner is probably going to be something on the lines of a room at the Four Seasons, right? It's going to be that good. Okay, so here you are at this luxurious fantastic place with obviously a great view of the game you get to see one of your friends play you got to kind of keep it to yourself because obviously it's cowboys fans there and you're supposed to do what say i'm not sitting next to him i just think it through people that i mean what is she supposed to do exactly or is she supposed to screen every person that she's sitting next to at a football game this is the problem and i'll tell you the problem right now and i don't want to go into a whole political thing here because the politics again are for stupid people and it's based on division it is based on keeping you separated from other people and, and basically being told that you need to be saved from the other people. That's what it is. Hey, we're on this side. He's on that side. You, we, we have to save you from him. But when you see Ellen sit next to George W. Bush, that kind of that goes up in smoke. 
And she was not only sitting next to the guy, she was having a great time with him. She was taking pictures with him. It was like the worst thing ever. And people were all trying to lecture her. And basically, she's like, hey, listen, I'm going to sit with whoever I want. And she's absolutely right. And I think the world needs just a little bit more of that attitude as opposed to the, the, just the, the political, just, just, just lunacy, just the idiocy that we're seeing. I mean, it's completely stupid. And I think people are catching on to that. I really do. And you know, you can like whatever party you want to, but just be intelligent about it. My God. NFL stuff from last week. You had a big time game on Thursday night. Um, but the Seahawks and Rams, Seahawks get a win 30-29. Don't get the cover, of, of course, because I had the minus one and a half. So uh, a couple missed field goals here and there. And, um, but they do, they do get a win. It's a very good win for the Seahawks, who are now 4-1. It's a game I thought they would win. Um, would have been nice if they won by one more point, but that's just how it goes. Uh, the Rams are 3-2. and two. A Very strange, just a bizarre game. Just a meltdown kind of game against the Bucks the week before for the Rams. So the Rams, one thing about them, I will say this. The Rams, week in, week out, are almost always healthy. It's crazy. But you look at the injury report, and there's like nothing there. So they should be okay. Big time game at home against the, uh, the Niners this week coming up. The Cardinals get a win against the Bengals. The Bengals are, are just as much of a train wreck as the... Um, as the Redskins are, obviously, you know the Vikings twenty-eight ten over the, over the Giants. There's all this there's all this excitement over Daniel Jones. Okay, Daniel Jones got a, a big win in his first start against the Bucks with a missed field goal at the end of the game. Then he beats a just an awful Washington team. Now he has to go play a real defense against the Vikings. They get ten points. The Giants do it, and it wasn't even that close at twenty-eight to ten. Now he's got to go into New England. They're like seventeen-point favorites tomorrow night. Good luck, guys. Oh my God, and I'm a Giants fan, but oh my God, the Bills fourteen to seven. They go into Tennessee. The Bills are four and one. If you remember, I said it a few weeks ago here, the Bills had a very, very good chance of making the playoffs. Well, it kind of looks that way now, doesn't it? Matter of fact, let's take a look now. Let's take a look real quick at the Bills' schedule here. So 4-1, and one, okay. Okay, they're off this week. They got to buy. They come back on the 20th, home against the Dolphins. That's 5-1. and one. Then they're home against the Eagles. Eh, could be 5-2. and two. Let's call it 5-2, okay? Home against the Redskins. That's 6-2. and two. Then they go to the Browns. Let's call it six and three at the Dolphins. Let's call it seven and three home against the Broncos. Let's call it eight and three. You could be looking at an eight and three Bills team there. And that's not even that's not even winning any kind of crazy games here. That's just one of the games you're supposed to win eight and three. Then they go play the Cowboys. That must be Thanksgiving. Yeah, that must be the Thanksgiving game. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so they play the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. So you're going to say eight and four home against the Ravens. That's a toss up. Then at the Steelers, let's say they win one of those two games. That's nine and five. At the Patriots is nine and six. And then home against the Jets to close the season. You're probably looking at a 10 win Buffalo team. They do that. They're in the playoffs. A lot of bad teams in that, you know, in the AFC right now. So Buffalo is just a fascinating team. Now, is that going to mean anything? I don't think so, because you got a five two machine with the Patriots. Everyone thinks it's going to be Patriots Chiefs. I'll tell you one thing. You just got to take a look at the Chiefs right now. That game they played on Sunday night was was disturbing. That was a Colts team. Okay. That a hit Derek Carr twice the week before at home. Then they go on the road on Sunday night and they just completely shut down the Chiefs. In his second year now, okay, as a starter, you wonder, has the league caught up a little bit with the Chiefs? They caught up with the Rams a little bit, but that's got a lot to do with the fact that Todd Gurley has basically broken down. That's, that's basically where that comes from. With the Chiefs, yeah, there's no Tyree Kill. I know they're, they're Kareem Hunt. Yeah, but they have running backs and they have receivers. You wonder if they've caught up just a little bit to Patrick Mahomes. Right now, the Patriots have the upper hand in that AFC. No question about it. I mean, there, there's, there's no disputing that. 33-7 against the Redskins that was, was not that impressive. They'll go to 6-0 tomorrow against the Giants. I'm a Giants fan again, but I am a realist, and that's all there is to it. Um, anything else really earth-shattering? The Eagles destroy the Jets. We knew that was going to happen. The Ravens get an overtime win at, at Pittsburgh. Mason Rudolph was basically knocked out cold by Earl Thomas, who somehow stayed in the game. I, 
I didn't get a really good look at, the, at that hit, but, I mean, he was on the ground. I watched it happen. He was on the ground completely, completely out cold for about five minutes. It was scary to watch. Um, entertaining game between the Panthers and Jaguars. Uh, Garner Minshew couldn't quite get the comeback done. Now the Panthers have to go into uh, London and play Tampa. That could be an interesting game. You could have a couple of very tired teams there. Both teams coming off of very tough games. Tampa com- comes off a tough game at the, uh, at the Saints. You could have a couple of very tired defenses there. You could, you could see some points there if the weather is right and the conditions everything else. The Texans absolutely destroy the Falcons. The Falcons, Dan Quinn's going to be the next guy to get fired. Dan, I mean, his, his owner can say whatever he wants. Dan Quinn has got to be on his way out. They're 1-4. and four. They show no signs of life. They were terrible the week before against Tennessee, and I mean awful against Tennessee. They showed a little bit of life late against the Colts, and they come right back home in a game they desperately needed to win, and they basically just laid down for Tennessee. The Broncos get their first win against the Chargers. The Chargers are all of a sudden 2-3. and three. After giving away that game in Detroit, the Chargers have turned into the biggest underachievers in the NFL this year by far. All those high hopes and everything, and their two wins, home against the Colts, and I believe that was overtime, if I'm not mistaken, in week one, and then at the Dolphins. Okay, they lost at, at Detroit, home against the Texans in a tough game, and then home against the Broncos. They're home against the Steelers now on Sunday night. They have to win that game, because the next game is at, is at Tennessee, then they go to Chicago, then they're home against the Packers. So I, the NFL, when you, when you blow chances in the NFL, you know what? It hurts. You only get 16 of them. Blow a couple of them, it's a big deal. The Packers go in and, and go to four to one against the Cowboys. The Cowboys have done absolutely. The Cowboys were so overrated this year. I mean, going into the Saints as a two and a half point favorite on Sunday night and coming away with ten points, ten points. And if you think about it, who who have the Cowboys beaten this year? The Dolphins, the Redskins. We've talked about those guys and the Eli Manning led Giants. So they'll get what they want. They'll go and face the Jets now, the Meadowlands this Sunday. But Sam Darnold comes back be interesting to see how the Cowboys respond after the, uh, those last two performances. They've been awful. That's what you got in the NFL. And then, of course, Monday night, Baker Mayfield. Now, Richard Sherman wants to act like a fool and say Baker Mayfield didn't shake his hand. Who cares? The bottom line is the 49ers are 4-0. They smoked the Browns. And once again, the Browns are down to 2-3 and three and you know, get themselves in a situation where they had to do a little bit of traveling. Right, They had to go to Baltimore, then back home. They had a tough game on Sunday night against the Rams, and they go to Baltimore, back home, out to San Francisco. Never really showed up, and they got another tough one this week against the Seahawks. So the Browns could be staring two and four in the face, and then they get a bye week, and then they have to go play the Patriots in New England. How do you really think that's going to go? So the page, So after all the, the preseason hype with the Browns, and oh my God, here's Odell Beckham, and now it's Baker Mayfield in his first full year, yada, 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 Freddie Kitchens. Well, this is what you did to them, people. You put a bullseye on their back, and they put one on their own. But for, the, but for those of you that thought Odell Beckham Jr. was going to go in there and save the Browns, and make them instant Super Bowl contenders, well, I guess you're just a little bit, uh, little bit surprised. Those of us who have seen him in a Giants uniform the last few years, not so much. And that's all the time we got this week on The Air Attack. Thanks for joining us. Make sure you check out facebook.com slash The Air Attack. Also, follow me on Twitter and on SoundCloud at BC, AK The Man, and subscribe, like, share, retweet, all that good stuff. The Air Attack with BC The Man on Apple Podcasts. I believe iTunes is splitting off into three sections now, so it's just going to be Apple Podcasts, also on Spotify and on Spreaker. Close it out tonight with my man Beats from Chicago with Lazy Bone. This is Get Home. I am BC The Man. See you guys next week on The Air Attack. Shorty throw that back, your 
face all in that pillow, girl, I put it down like that. My head gang like Mr. Weed, she ride on like a Mr. Bitch. Easy does it, I does it easy. I put it on, she nice sleep, she wake up, it's the first of the morning. She climb on it, she first to come, I'm working, I work it out. Come, come on, baby, you know I'm So glorious, too pop, hug love, hair pulling, back rub, champagne bottle, shower rod, she surfboard in the bathtub. I'm all in and I'ma kill it, baby. I'ma send a pussy to the crossroads. No cell phone, no text message, winning overtime. That's a busy bone. I take my time, we bump the ground. I got a high like East 99. I talk to her like an instrumental. She done came a couple times. She sober where she again. She said, boy, you put it down like bone did for Cleveland. She had a long day at work. 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 She said she wanna Day at work. She had a long 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 day at work